Well, hello and welcome back to the View Church podcast. This is Jake, and I am sitting down with George, and we are right at the front of Thanksgiving week, George. And I just don't think we can not talk about gratitude, as we talked about before we started to record. Um, But I think both of our hesitancy with going into gratitude was it can be talked about so much that, um, especially in times that we're in right now, I know everybody is feeling a sense of frustration. We were talking before we recorded about all of the new mandates that Nashville's under. So you can't have people more than eight at your Thanksgiving table. So, uh, you're wondering, can I go see grandma this year? I mean, there's a, a massive amount of things to be disgruntled by and a lot of reasons why I had to be ungrateful. And it's really hard not to be ungrateful right now. So I actually think it's the perfect time, um, to really dive into a little bit more of the meat into what gratitude actually is versus just these, uh, truisms that we throw around and say, be grateful. Now is a time I think where we need it the most. And so I would love, uh, for you to read a little bit. I know you've got some scripture that you want to talk about and let's get into some of the depth of what gratitude is in a Thanksgiving, unlike any we've ever experienced before. Let's start with the Apostle Paul, who annoys me to death. <laughs> this guy is grateful for everything. And uh, and let's just start off with this. Um, I go to Philippians because there's so much there. But, Jake, let's start off with this one. Uh, chapter 2 in Philippian, Philippians, verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. <laughs> How are we all doing on that one? <laughs> Not good. Not good. Not good. No. Um, grumbling or arguing. It, yeah, that's a tough one. It is, but it goes on to say, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, Mm. then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Like there really is something connected to living fully Mm. and living more joyfully connected to not being a grumbler, Mm. not being a complainer, and working at this thing called gratitude. So I start right there, and I'll be the first to admit Mm. that that does not come easily to me, and something like that annoys me. But at the same time, there's this part of me that identifies with it and goes, it's true. That is is a much better way to live. And then uh, Paul goes on to continue to make ridiculous claims (laughs) um, that challenge the ways we live, but, uh, in, uh, chapter three, verse four, uh, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. Mm. And I don't think, I don't think Paul's inviting us to fake it until we make it. I don't think he's inviting us to pretend. And, uh, you see in many of Paul's writings that he identifies with the struggle and the difficulty and the pain of life, but yet finds this thing called rejoicing and gratitude um, getting him through. So uh, I think to be people who are grateful doesn't mean that we ignore the potential challenges of life, Mm. but perhaps gratitude is something that we discover in the midst of it too. can I read you just yeah, keep going. a couple examples yeah. of how he doesn't ignore the difficulty and pain in life? Yeah. Um, he says this in Corinthians, dying and yet we live on, mm. beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich. And this is 
a really good one. Having nothing yet possessing everything. Mm. I don't think this is a fake happy. I don't think he's conjuring this up. Mm. Um, but this is someone that has identified with the difficulty, the pain, and the challenge of life, and yet still can say, having nothing, I possess everything. Mm. And so that moves me um, in, a, in a very deep way. And you alluded to earlier, you alluded to, um, maybe that would be a good segue to talk about that verse where he talks about, I've had both, right? So he's, he's saying, listen, I've, I've been on one side where, and we've all had those Thanksgivings. We've all had those years personally. Um, maybe it's hard to think about right now or hard to remember, but I remember years where I felt like, Hey, things are really going in the right direction here. <laughs> you know, like it's going to be okay. Right. And I'm, I feel great. And then you've had years where you kind of move into Thanksgiving. You're like, Things are not really going so well. Yeah, things are not. And it just seems like, yes, this year seems to be squeezing a little harder. But can you can you relate that it does seem like Thanksgiving comes up every year? And I think this is a reflective time of year for everybody. It's just the pause and, and being around family. and But it also gives you a little bit of a life reflection. And it, it is hard at times to not think back and say, you know, there have been good years and bad years, if I'm really honest. They're not all good years and they're not all bad years. So where, where, where do you think Paul is guiding us um, in that experience of looking at it and, and understanding, yeah, we do have this past of uh, ups and downs and he's been there and, and it's, it's been good and it's been bad, but yet he, he has found something um, that is past that is what it sounds like he's saying. Yeah, I, it's contentment, mm. which he goes on to say. Later in Philippians, he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So there is this contentment that he's learning that seems to be a strength mm. and he even says that it's Christ in that contentment that becomes a, a strength for him so and I think contentment is a process it's 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 a journey in life and I think we can miss out when we're overwhelmed by mm. situations or circumstances or difficulty in our life sometimes we that drowns out any other thing that we should be rejoicing in or mm. finding gratitude in. And um, so contentment, mm. I think, is an, a, a very important part of the spiritual journey that I'm not fully there yet. Yeah, <laughs> I don't sure. know if you are, Jake, but no. I do think that um, being a more joyful, alive person is finding contentment right now in the moment that we're in. Mm regardless of, of the difficulty or the struggle. There are lots of things that can feel overwhelming. And um, so this isn't denying that. That's not what this is saying. So, um, and often people want to go, well, someone else has it worse. Mm. Um, yeah, but that doesn't mean you deny your struggle or your pain in it. Maybe what we could do when someone has it worse is maybe we could rejoice that we don't have it as bad yeah, right. or another person can be an inspiration because mm. they do have it worse and they seem to be continuing to go on and, and, and make it. So, um, you know, uh, we don't make an argument that 
our pain or our struggle, we don't measure it in comparison to someone yeah. else's. I, I think that's a really good point because I think that part of what we've, we've hit on in, in previous episodes is there is this element of Christianity that ties in similar to family dynamics where, how you doing? I'm great, man. You know, like you're just crumbling inside and you go back home and you see family or you see friends and, you know, there's this pressure to show up and to show up as a, a family that's got it all together. And, and most of 99% of the time, none of us have any of it together. And this is just another one of those years. So a lot of us can be spending Thanksgiving alone. A lot of us are going to be spending Thanksgiving with not having, you know, uh, our mom's uh, favorite stuffing or dressing, whichever part of the country you're coming from. A lot of us are going to be uh, moving into Thanksgiving and, and having our traditions and everything taken away. And it's it's created this space that we all are sitting in now where I think we're yearning to be grateful and we're yearning to move through this experience. I know I am. And to really, I think the key word is experience it. And I want to ask you um, how you think that's found within uh, a spiritual life. Because the way I was taught, Philippians 4.13, you were, you, I, we were talking about this before we recorded the podcast. How many people have heard, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which means I can win football games. I can do whatever, <laughs> whatever I want to do. But nobody, we don't talk about the first few verses before that. And I thought that was just a really interesting point. So I guess my question is, is, I was brought up and maybe some of our listeners are the same way that that is, that's the way that Paul was talking was I'm not worried about it. Cause I'm going to heaven, you know, like this is all just, uh, this is just like, I, I'm going to be out of here any day now. So, because I hope in God and hope in heaven, I don't even have to worry about what I'm going through right now. I don't think Paul's saying that. I think Paul's saying I am sitting here in this jail thinking about these things. I'm, I'm having a real life human experience and I've actually found something in this experience that is transcending it. Not that I'm transcending out of it. I'm sitting in it while this is happening. So can you talk a little bit about that and maybe how it's fleshed out for you experientially? Cause often, oftentimes Christianity also has a way we can kind of think about it and be like, Oh, that nice. But we want experience. We all want to be moving into Thanksgiving and actually feeling in our hearts gratitude. So do you have any, um, from your own personal spiritual experience and your own spiritual life and some of your pastoral guidance of ways that we, our listeners, can really move into that and actually experience it in a year where we all have a great excuse, we have a great lifeline to not be grateful. <laughs> this is the year to not be grateful. So what would you say from a pastoral perspective, from your own person, from your own personal perspective of ways that we can actually move into experiencing that gratitude um, during this difficult um, holiday season? I think any moment that we think to not be grateful is a choice. We miss out on living um, fully and richly and joyfully. Um, so for me, this starts with gratitude um, and the possibility of it, of seeing it and experiencing it and naming it in any given moment is a very real possibility. Mm. And when I live in that way, um, it isn't a denial of the difficulty, the struggle, the pain of life, but it is a choice to, in the midst of it all, to hold on to something that makes life worth living in this moment. And I've not been disappointed in that in my journey, you know, even when 
it seemingly, you know, the things that really mattered to me in a moment felt like they were going a different direction. I've always been able to find in those moments something that I think I'm holding on to, but ultimately I find out is holding on to me. Mm-hmm. And it is this um, insatiable desire to live fully and not miss out on something good and beautiful because of some other thing that is not gone the way that I'd hope. Mm. Um, and then, uh, honestly, Jake, um, there's just social science mm. and theologians and the writers of the scriptures are all saying the same things. But um, let me read some of the things that we find out from gratitude that are just practical. Mm. Um, uh, they find that people who are grateful have stronger immune systems. Um, less bothered by aches and pains, <laughs> uh, lower bro- blood pressure. They tend to ex- exercise more and take better care mm-hmm. of their health. They sleep longer and feel more refreshed um, upon waking. They are more alert, more alive, more awake, um, more joy and pleasure, more optimism and happiness, um, more helpful, generous, and compassionate, more forgiving, feel less lonely and isolated. Mm-hmm. So um, social science is are discovering this. Um, this writer in the scripture, Paul, has discovered it. And obviously Jesus tends to live with this kind of awareness. He, he is so grateful for his father and his relationship with his father that he seems to be able to endure some of the most difficult things that can be inflicted on a human being. And that moment still finds living fully in that moment that, that it matters. So to your point... This isn't the kind of spirituality that, you know, denies either the struggle or the beauty and the joy that can be found even in the midst of the struggle in this very moment. We're not to leave this. We don't have to wait to leave this uh, current experience to to experience that. I found that to be. It's not heaven insurance or like, you know, it's kind of like that was the way I was taught early. And a lot of people probably uh, uh, empathize with that experience of. You know, well, any day now, you know, Jesus is coming back any day. So what does it matter being here on earth, right? What does it mean to, you know, Paul's, what Paul's saying is, is ever since he's had an experience, he knows he's going to heaven so they can do whatever they want to with him. And he's got contentment that I think what he's saying is that he's found a strength beyond his mind beyond. I was going to ask you that to close out is I think also a big part of if I've, when I get it right, quote unquote, get it right. When I feel like I'm experiencing it is when I can't explain it. And it's something that I don't understand why I'm feeling grateful. And I just know that there is a spirit that's moving through me that is beyond my thoughts. Cause I think you said, um, peace beyond understanding. And that to me, I think those two things go hand in hand. I don't know. I think we crave understanding. We crave, where is this going? What is my life going to look like over the next 90 days? 180. We're, we're all so much planners now. And, a lot of that's because of our Western civilization. We're very analytically minded now. But I think what he's explaining is, is there is a spiritual element that's happening to me because of my relationship with Christ and a very palpable one that I can't even explain it. I just know it's there. And that to me is when you find that space, when you can look and see everything falling apart around you and there's something inside of you that's going on that's not mirroring what's going on the outside, that's where you find a lot of power. 
and a lot of peace because then you realize there is something behind you. There is something within you that is greater than you. That's because he's not saying, Hey, I figured it out. And here's the three step formula. Number one, I wake up at 6am and I do my gratitude. No, he's saying it's beyond me. And I think I want to close on that to give people some hope to say, you don't have to do this alone because I think that a lot of self-help, a lot of popular mindset, whatever you want to say is very much, you know, just practice gratitude every day. But you're saying this is a spiritual thing. And this is something that you can rely on this from God to guide you past your own understanding. We have to get out of our heads. Mm. This is a hard thing. And I would say this, think about the person that you love most deeply and sincerely and um, explain with your head that love it, it's impossible or if someone if someone were to open you up and go where can i find that love mm. that you feel so strongly and it's so real mm. but yet it hopefully it's visible in your action toward that person but yeah. it's not something that you could easily locate within the mind or the human body so th- this is a it's a hard thing it's a way of being it's a way of living and um, there's lots of evidence. Mm. So it isn't just mysterious, although it is to a certain level. We, right. we trust in this, and we trust that we're being guided by a loving, caring presence of God that mm. teaches us that gratitude is a far better way to live. Mm. But it isn't, um, it isn't something that we just experience in our head or is easily explained, but it is something along the way that we experience as a very real reality. And we learn to trust in it more deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and if you want to question it, um, think about the person who complains all the time Yeah. or, you know, um, doesn't have anything to be grateful for. Mm. Um, you know, does that look like a better way to live? Right. And I think that it reminds me, um, I don't know where I read this, but it was a quick little um, sentence and it said, when fear comes up, it reminds me that I'm trying to do it on my own. And I thought that was so poignant because so oftentimes, as we talked about earlier, you know, we, we, we try to do it on our own and we, but, but fear and, and, and losing control on the, on the flip side of that is an opportunity to let go. And I think that that's kind of where the gratitude comes in is when you know you can let go and you can rest, that there is something else that's supporting you and guiding you. But it, do you think that it takes letting go a little bit in order to get there? It's it's a matter of surrender, mm. as all spiritual things are at some point. Um, but it's in the surrendering that perhaps we find gratitude carrying us through and perhaps it's in the surrender that our heart awakens to gratitude where we didn't think we would discover it or find it. So, yeah, all those things are true. This isn't, there's no magic formula to this. But perhaps it's just thinking, um, which way seems better? Mm. Um, to choose gratitude or not to? Mm. And just to... To close out, I know usually there's a Sunday service right before Thanksgiving and we don't have, you know, we don't have the congregation in here with us. But as there, as 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 our um, church family and people that may even potentially be um, coming down the road, is there any uh, a blessing or anything that you would like to give uh, to anybody over this week? Any well wish that from their pastor that you would like to say, you know, 
Um, I can't be with you, but uh, these are some words that I would like to share to keep in your heart through this week. Um, because I think that, again, we, we're not being able to meet in person, all these things, but I do, I think it's uh, always helpful when we get that guidance and that kind of blessing that people could take with them through this week. So do you want to give? I, I would love to. And uh, these are not my own words, but these are the words of Thomas Merton, mm. a dear saint. And uh, these are the words that I would like that are comforting me right now that I would love to share with our listeners. And he says this, to be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything he has given us. Every breath we draw is a gift of his love. Every moment of existence is a grace. Gratitude, therefore, takes nothing for granted. May all of you take nothing for granted. And may you discover so many wonderful things to be grateful for that fill your life with joy and meaning and what it truly means to be alive. Mm. Amen. And we thank you guys so much for listening. You know, we're we're living this with you and we're all looking at Thanksgiving and we're all having um, a lot of things uprooted. But thank you for that. And we love you. We're with you in spirit. And we hope that through this next week, you can not only think of gratitude, but actually experience. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.